listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. We'll hear from the leading sports dog show stars that are at the top of their game, learning training tips and get the scoop on their secrets to success. So put your paws together and give a tail-wagging welcome to your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network here on Pet Life Radio. I'm Laurie Williams. I'll be your host for today. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about DSPN. The goal of this program is to spread the word about all of the dog sports and activities that you can participate in and play in with your dogs. Now, it's great. It's great physical activity for both you and your dogs. But most importantly, it is an opportunity for you to build your relationship. And that's what we're all about. Today's guest is Jim Poor of Jim Poor Photography. Now, Jim is extremely experienced in taking action photos of dogs. He travels all around the East Coast, well, actually around the whole country, to various different dog sports and activities and takes photos in all kinds of crazy conditions. So Jim's here to tell us about some of his experiences and, most importantly, give you some tips on how to take some photos of your dogs. So... We'll be right back after word from our sponsors and get right back to it with Jim. DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick time out. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all-natural and eco-friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high-tech innovations from companies all over the globe. It's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, you can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw on the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, and today our guest is Jim Poor of Poor Photography. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to get you on the show. We talk a lot about different dog sports and activities, and you have gotten an opportunity to really experience probably more activities than even I have through the lens, but still, you, that probably gives you a very unique view. So, before we get into all that, I just wanted to ask you, what, how did you get started in actual photography? Well, I've always been kind of a shutterbug, and I've always been into animals and pets and nature, so that's kind of how it came together, and I guess the rest is pretty much history. So you um, you started out with people or nature photography? or I started out with nature. I um, spent a lot of time wandering the desert in Australia and then later on in Arizona, and that's when I really got serious with the camera. Great. Um, I, I've had an opportunity to meet Jim, and that's his equipment, which is a little scary to, to me being a leg person, but um, I know that you have done a lot of training and attended a lot of different workshops to learn about the different types of uh, cameras and lenses. Now, have you found that taking the photos of pets in particular, you have had to really upgrade your equipment quite a bit? For me, it was it was a pretty lucky thing that I started out in nature work because there was a lot of low-light photography involved in that, as well as um, longer focal lengths and things like that. So I didn't really have to upgrade a whole lot. I recently just did a new camera upgrade to handle even lower light than I was. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that was really lucky for me, when the first person asked me to cover a dog sport event, they asked if I could shoot in low fashion, and I could say yes, just because I had all the nature gear. Right. Well, I know that dog sports take place in a lot of different settings. I know that a lot of the agility and, um, of course, herding would be difficult to do indoors. A lot of that takes place outdoors. What about the indoors? Did that cause specific challenges to you um, as far as being able to get the shots, get as close as you need to to the different dogs performing the whatever activity? Oh, absolutely. For the indoor shots, you have all kinds of different lighting, and most of the lighting in the indoor venues are either sodium vapor or sodium mercury or mercury vapor lighting. And they actually do what we call a phase shift, where the color of the light changes faster than we actually detect with our eyes. And mm-hmm. the camera catches those shifts. So I get all kinds of different weird, wild, and crazy <laughs> colors. Not to mention the fact that it's just dark in a lot of those Right. Places. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been in a 
cases that are, are really dark. So I know it has to be a, a huge challenge. Now, a lot of people talk about most of the dogs that I have are, are light colored. I have my little white Maltese and I have my Dalmatians that um, have a lot of white on them. Now, what about dogs that are black or really dark? Do you have those same challenges that I hear a lot of photographers of really capturing um, good photos of dark colored dogs? It, it is more challenging on the dark colored dogs, but luckily, I suppose for myself, I'm kind of known as the guy that gets good pictures of black dogs in dark buildings because mm-hmm. one of the very first agility trials I did, there was a lady there with a min pin. And she came up to me and just looked at the pictures and said, nobody's ever been able to get a good picture of my black dog. I just get a little black blob in here. (laughs) And uh, she saw them, and she could actually see the dog's eyes and facial features. And I had an instant advocate, and I actually booked four more events right there because that one lady went around to everybody saying, hey, go look at these pictures. Nobody's ever been able to do this before. Wow, that's great. I will say I know that um, I see your name popping up all over the place on quite a few different sports activities and, and events around uh, the mid-Atlantic area. Because you live you live in Virginia. Right. So what is the farthest that you have gone so far to, to shoot an event? So far, my longest trip out has been to Oklahoma City for the World Canine Freestyle Federation or Organization 7th Annual International Conference. Wow. So then that, you're already doing some national and international events. That's great. So let's just to... I just want to make sure that our audience knows the different sports we're talking about. The, the freestyle is the well, doggy dancing, which a lot of our listeners have probably seen clips of on YouTube or on television. And then we talked about agility. What are some of the other sports that you have uh, taken photography? Well, um, agility is what I do most of, but then there's the um, things like uh, lure coursing. I've done some of that. And although it's more of a performance event than a sport, yeah, I've done all the rally trials and the rally obedience trials mm-hmm. and the straight-up obedience trials. Right. Something I really actually would like to do that I haven't done yet is fly ball and disc dogs. Right. Have you done the dock diving yet? I did some photos at a dock diving demonstration, but not actually at a competition. Okay. I guess you would have to get equipment that you can get wet to do that, I guess. I would imagine it's a pretty I'm, big split. As long as I'm not right in the pool, it'd be okay. I actually have gear for my cameras, which allows me to shoot you know, in the rain, uh-huh. at the agility trials, as long as the dogs are running, I'm out there still shooting. Absolutely, and I know that the conditions for outdoor agility trials can range from beautiful sunny skies to snow to rain um, and mud and everything in between. And herding, I know you've done some herding trials as well. I have. Herding was uh, something I started doing for the first time early last year. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to watch the different interactions out there. I definitely, I really love, what I love most about pictures is that the good and bad of photos is that it captures everything, <laughs> whether you want it to or not. So I'm quite sure you've gotten a very unique view of dog sports and activities. And again, you might have a closer look than even what the handler is aware that they're transmitting on the photographs. And the dogs, too. You, you can read a lot from the dogs. Would you say that uh, you've caught, gotten some shots and shown them to the handlers may not have been all too proud of? Oh, absolutely. I've had several people tell me, you know, that the pictures show that the mistakes they were making in their handling and such. And um, it's also dangerous to be mean to your dog around me. <laughs> I uh, I have a picture of a lady who was actually strangling her dog with a leash oh, after no. a bad run. 
and uh, I didn't pull it from the proofs. In fact, I made it the preview image of the gallery. You know, if you're going to do that, then you should be seen. Wow. Yeah, that pretty much puts it all out there. Uh, you know, sometimes I know I tell a lot of my students to videotape their, or have someone else videotape their performances can pick out uh, the different uh, mistakes that you make or, or ways that you can do a little bit better, but still photography can do that as well. Um, it could definitely can give you the expression of the dog. And uh, One of the things I wanted to make sure our listeners knew about you, you have quite a bit of dog training and experience as well, which I'm sure gives you definitely a more inside look to pet photography some other photographers may not have. Would you say that that notch has really helped you become a photographer? Oh, definitely. It's helped me to take photographs of these events without interfering. And on the portrait side of the house, it's helped me get you know, dogs to relax or to capture them at their very best or even recognize when a dog is just not going to relax and we need to reschedule rather than stress them out. Right. Um, but I did completely skip a run because... The first thing I do when a dog comes to the line is take a test picture to see how the dog will react to the sound of the camera. And this was a little corgi, and as soon as the camera clicked, he stared right at me and wouldn't stop. And finally, I just said, okay, before they started their run, I just backed away from the camera and ducked down behind the wall and skipped their right. run. That was great of you to do, and that's, that's great that you can pick up on those different things. I know that um, my Maltese, Andrew, and I, um, we do a lot of red carpet events. Um, yes, our celebrity is still going strong almost two years after Greatest American Dog, but we do a lot of um, red carpet events, and it's, it's you know regular human photographers that uh, take pictures you know, different celebrities, and it always amazes me how they have no idea how to get a dog's attention, like none. You know, most of us that have animals or have dogs that are on the red carpet for whatever reason, even if it is a dog-related red carpet event, our dogs look at us because they're, you know, they, they won't look at us, and the photographers, they don't make any noises, they don't bring any squeak toys, nothing. And I always say to myself, oh my gosh, you know, they need somebody here who knows how to get dog's attention. One of the unique things about him are the wonderful sounds that you make. I won't put you on the spot and have you make those sounds right now on the show. You kind of have to be there, but you have the most unique sounds. I've. You actually, are these actual real animal sounds that you're making? Some of them are real animal sounds. I can do birds and cats and dogs and, yeah. and even mules. Um, my wife says the mule comes natural to me. <laughs> but uh, I do some squeaking and squawking and all these other strange sounds and just whatever whatever gets the dog's attention, yeah. Well, you've got great ones. I, I will attest to the fact that I have never seen a dog ignore, be able to ignore the set you make, which is great. I, I mean, and actually, Andrew has become so, you know, savvy now that, if you know, if they're not going to try to get his attention, he's not going to help them out. And uh, But even Andrew, you came right away with the different sounds you make. Now, one other thing about um, the different sports that you do, I mean, I don't know if you want to say, but do you have some favorite? I know you said you do most agility, but is that just because there's, they're more plentiful or you said that you would like to do fly ball? But is there like one type of activity that you're just become so comfortable with now that it's like second nature for you to get out there and do it? Oh, if I had to say what I'm most comfortable with, it's definitely agility. I did right. you know, 50-something trials last year, and a good 80% of those were agility trials. Right. They're very plentiful. That's definitely the most popular 
sport out there. Probably always will be. I'm fairly new to the sport myself, but I see why people really like it so much. But it also is is very, very plentiful. Now, what about the um, different factors that can really affect a shoot? We talked about, of course, lighting, being indoor, and the weather. Are there other things that kind of impact whether you're able to really get good photos? Oh, sure. Um, especially at indoor events, it has all to do with how the courses are designed and laid out. Okay. Um, in some places, you know, I have access to all four sides of the ring, and I can go wherever I need to. In other places, I have access to only one side of the ring, and I have to mm-hmm. you know, make the best out of it. It depends on how much spectator area there is. You know, Sometimes I set up on my iPod, and if there's not much area, I don't want people tripping over it. So then I end up hand-holding and things like that. So, yeah, the venue definitely affects how I can set up and what kind of shots I can get. Well, before we go to break, i got to ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay, who's easier to work with, the dogs or their owners in hand? Oh, definitely the dogs. <laughs> Never work with kids and dogs. Maybe kids, but I know it's for even training. It's easier to train the dogs and to train the uh, owners and the handlers. I can imagine um, that sometimes that dealing with the owners and the handlers, we tend to be a quirky bunch. That's a good term to use for it. That's pretty good. It politely. Have you had people that actually demanded that you don't take photos of their dogs or you know become irate with you? I've never actually had anybody become irate. I've been really good about, so far, never really being accused of interfering with a performance. But I have had people ask me not to to photograph their dogs while they were running. In some cases, you know, a dog really does have a a phobia. Yeah. Um, I know there's one dog that has a thunder phobia that got associated with the flash of a camera, which turned around and got associated with the click. And, okay, fine, they take a picture of that dog. But uh, in other cases, people just aren't confident enough in their dogs. And they're afraid that their dogs are going to get distracted when chances are they really aren't going to. By and large, people love to have photos of their dogs. I mean, that's the bottom line. People love to to see their dogs, whether they're in action shots or posed. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, um, hear from our sponsors. Then we'll be right back and get some more information from Jim Poor of Jim Poor Photography. We'll be right back. ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick time out. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsadlife.org. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. Greetings, human. What? 
Planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. I'm Christine Latham, host of The Pampered Pooch. And I'm Vicki Nixon, your co-host. Ever get tired of people that say it's just a dog? Well, we do. It is a growing trend that people love and treat their pets like they are their children. This podcast series will be on topics inclusive of how people pamper their pooches, no matter how big or how small they are. On The Pampered Pooch, we'll talk about pet parties, happening social events, health, and nutrition. Each week, we pick a product of the week, a pooch of the week, and a pooch needing to be adopted. If you like to treat your pet like the royalty they are, then The Pampered Pooch is for you. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back. I'm your host, Lori Williams, and today we're talking to Jim Poor of Jim Poor Photography about his great experiences taking all the photographs at different dog sports and activities. So, Jim, I wanted to ask, where have you had your photos published in any publications, national or local? We'll talk about your website a little bit later, but have you had any published anywhere? I have had a few published. I don't actually shoot for publication, but it happens that a few of my photos manage to get in. I've actually got the cover of the February edition of the Alpenhorn, which is for the Bernese Mountain Dogs, and uh, the cover shot is of the first ever Bernese Mountain Dog to get a herding championship. Wow. That was a, that was a fun day. I bet. Uh, and I have a few more. I was going to say, I didn't even know that they participated in um, in herding trials. That's right. kind of cool. Speaking of Bernie's Mountain Dogs, have you had an opportunity to take any photographs at a, a karting trial? or that new, It's not a new sport where they actually pull carts. Um, I know oh. Bernie's Mountain Dogs do that as well as great Swiss Mountain Dogs. I think Rottweilers might do that too, but they actually pull carts. Yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to shoot any drafting competitions. That would be something that I might look into one of these days. That would be kind of cool. I've never actually been to one. You did mention coursing. Um, I wanted to update our, our listeners about that. That is the sport that the sight hounds participate in. It's a race, and they're actually chasing, what is it? like? It's really actually just a little bag on a string or a wire. But um, I've seen some really great action shots. I could imagine how 
how cool that probably was because that's I mean you can see like every muscle in the dog's body as they're they're chasing that thing was that a, was that somewhere in Virginia or did you have to travel to get to that um, that was actually in Virginia it was at uh, one of these doggy fun days that they had last year and the really neat thing about that one was that it wasn't just your typical dogs that are involved in lure coursing although there were some of them as well but just anybody could go out there and pay for their ticket because it was a fundraiser and uh, have their dogs do the lure course and it was amazing to see some of the dogs that you would never think would enjoy that just going out there and chasing that bag and having a great right. time I've seen a lot of different breeds do that. I've seen farriers do it, and I've seen you know dogs that their their owners thought were lazy, <laughs> and all of a sudden they perked up chasing a, a little plastic bag. Now I did want to um, see if you might be able to share any little tips with the, our listeners on you know a lot of people like to take photos of their own dogs. Do you have any little tips, just some little things that that might help them get some better shots of their own dogs that when they're out playing with them or even out out in nature going on a hike in the woods or whatever? Sure. The biggest tip I can say is take a lot of photos. People see professional photography and they think that we just go out there and, and click the shutter and it's a beautiful photo when, in fact, it's nothing like that. At a competition, I'll take, you know, 10,000, 15,000 pictures in a day wow. just to post maybe half of those for people to look at. And the same thing goes for, you know, portraiture or just out having a good time playing with your dogs, you know, shooting outside. A lot of pictures is the best thing. And the other big piece of advice I can give you, there's a book that just came out called The Best Camera is the one that you have with you. And it's all about getting people out of this mindset of the gear makes the photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a whole book of photos taken with a camera on a telephone. On wow. Telephone. And uh, that's the biggest thing is, you know, take photos of your dogs because I get, I get calls just about every week for people whose dogs have just died, and they ask me if I still have photos. And uh, we just lost one ourselves, so, mm-hmm. you know, you never have enough. No, you, you are absolutely right about that. I mean, after, after the pain of losing a dog, um, you, it's great to, have, to be able to look back on photos. So you're right, photos last forever, so it's... You're, that right i know that um the taking of a lot of photos is also that's a great tip because i know i've seen how many photos that photographers have to take and i've been on your website that you know when you post during an event there's literally tons of photos that people have to go through so i guess you never get a complaint but there's too much to choose from or maybe you do because it's actually hard to just pick a few out of um, a whole bunch of good shots I've actually had a lot of people say they prefer a lot of photos over a video. Now, what what do you have coming up? Do you have any um, interesting events, any uh, special events, any one-of-a-kind events coming up in the near future? I do. Um, This weekend, I've got a UKC agility trial down in Fredericksburg at your place. Okay. Um, And then coming up, I have the Canine Freestyle Federation annual retreat, which is in Tennessee. Okay. And uh, they've actually invited me to bring one of my dogs and actually participate in their classes along with covering their event. Very um, cool. So that'll be fun. And then, now, which uh, dog are you taking? I'm probably going to take Rusty. He's our golden. Of course. <laughs> um, he's the <laughs> one that I can actually, you know, crate for a while while I'm actually working and, and not worry about him. And then I have Boston Terrier National Specialty coming up in May in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I'm the, the performance photographer for that event. Okay, very cool. And where's that going to be held? It's going to be in Atlanta. Okay, okay, great. 
Fantastic. Now, do you usually drive to events or do you fly or how do you usually get to the far away events? I do my best to never fly. Um, I've not been on an airplane since I left the Army in 2005, so if I can drive, I'm going to. Wow. Wow. I guess Atlanta from Virginia, not too bad of a drive. Oklahoma City, that had to have been one heck of a drive, though. So that's about 18 hours. (laughs) Well, let me ask. Okay, so let's talk about your website and how our listeners can find you. Okay. Actually, I just totally redesigned my website at www.jimpoor.com. And you can go there and you can see portfolio and you can see events that are posted. Um, you can look at my blog, which is just now getting up and running. And the name of your blog? Um, well, the link just says blog, but mm-hmm. uh, I call it Greetings from the Poorhouse. <laughs> and that's because Jim is spelled P-O-O-R, so it's Jim dot com. I just thought that was so catchy, you know, Greetings from the Poorhouse, which... Um, is just a name because I'm you're doing very well in photographer. One thing about dog event photography is it's very much a word of mouth business and I know that you're you know, it speaks volumes that you have done so many events over the East Coast because it is mostly word of mouth. People saying, you know, giving your name, this photographer got some great shots of my dogs and you tell one club member and the club uses you and then they tell another club and so on and so on. So the word of mouth um, has really worked to your benefit, which, um, you know, again, speaks volumes. But uh, again, that's www.jimpoor.com, and people can take a look at your photos of other events and and hopefully can contact you from there and and maybe book you for another event. Do you do any private sittings as well? I do. I do private portrait sittings. I do group portrait sittings, and this year I'm starting to offer something I call portrait parties. I tell people to think Tupperware party, but for pet portraits, and it's it's kind of a way for people to share some of the private sitting costs in this economy and still be able to get good photos of their dogs because I really want people to have the pictures. And do you also offer different products that people can get photos on, you know, like mugs and all that type of thing, or are you just strictly the, the photos? I've stayed mostly away from what I call trinkets. Um, mm-hmm. I have offered T-shirts and magnets and coasters at a time, but they turned out to be just more headache than they've been worth. I'm looking for a different distributor for T-shirts and things like that, and if I can get it worked out to where the quality is something I'm happy with, then I'll put them up again. But for now, it's primarily just photos. Okay, great. Well, that's, I mean, I guess if people get the photos, they, I'm sure they can work out something that they'd be able to use the photo to put on um, something with your permission anyway. So great. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jim, and sharing some tips. And I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us today DSPN. We're all about you getting out there and experiencing all these different activities with your dog. Capture that what you're doing with your dog on photos. They last forever. They capture that moment of you out there having fun with your dog. But you know what? Even if you aren't you know, able to get out and go to these different activities, take photos of your dogs. Anytime you can spend time with your dogs is quality time, um, even if it's just laying on the couch with them and, and cuddling. So I thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jim, for joining us. And we will see you next time on DSPN. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. 
Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition. This is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.